Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. Gathered together in your house around your word. We pray that you be present by your spirit. Work among us. Remove distractions from our hearts and our minds to hear of your love for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This Christmas time was an interesting one. Um, as I looked across the texts, I, I think I may have mentioned it on Sunday. The texts for Sunday and the texts for tonight are pretty much exactly the same. Old Testament text and New Testament text are exactly the same text, which one I looked at and said, wow, what a gift. I only have to look at two texts for the next two nights. And then I said, whoa, wait a minute. That means I have to look at the same two texts for the next two services and come up with something different. Um, and so as I looked at them, though, it was very interesting this year as well, because more often than not, as we walk through the text, and if I were to ask you to start from memory reciting a Christmas text, you would likely start reciting the ones that we normally hear from Luke, as Luke walks along in a lot of detail through the whole nativity story of Joseph and Mary going into Bethlehem because of a census that was ordered by the governor Quirinius of Syria, all that good stuff, right? But tonight we don't get that text. If we were to have a midnight service, it's actually set up for the midnight one, but I'm not going to be here, so don't come. <laughs> if you do, the doors will be locked, have your own service in the parking lot, it'll be fine. But what we get is Joseph's point of view, which we don't often think about. This group of texts is actually the longest portion we have of what went on with Joseph on Christmas Eve. A little bit before Christmas Eve, but as the plans were in place for Joseph, right? He was betrothed to Mary. They were engaged, essentially. They were ready to get married. They were planning on that. That was their plan. Everything was going along just fine. Mary heads off to go see her cousin Elizabeth, who's been pregnant for about six months, even though she was barren, and rejoices with that, hangs out with her, most likely until the birth of John, heads back to see Joseph after a three-month time of being gone, and Joseph looks at her and says, wait a minute, there's a little bump there, Mary, been gone for three months, Mary, where have you been, Mary? What's been going on? We're betrothed. What happened? So you can imagine the things going on in his mind. You can imagine as he's trying to make sense of this whole scenario. What is happening? What is going on? What should he do in the midst of this situation? A way in which to love this young lady that he's betrothed to, to take care of her the best way possible, but yet also retain honor and integrity. It would be a confusing situation. It would be kind of a whirlwind of thought going on in your mind as you tried to walk through that scenario and tried to figure out what is going to be best, what is allowable by the law, what is allowable within the culture and the customs, what is going to go on in the midst of that time. Because remember, it was very possible, too, for her to be stoned to death. That was one way out. That was one option. But see, Joseph loved her too much for that. Except the 
thought and the love that he had had boundaries to it. His plans all of a sudden had been changed. What he had thought of, of raising a child, if it was a boy, to raise up this boy in the field of carpentry, to build, to construct, to form things for people to live in and to live with and eat upon and sit upon and chairs and houses and altars and whatever else would be needed. Yet now all of a sudden he's in a situation and everybody else around town knows too that this is, this is not his child. Something happened and the plans are changing. Have there been times when you've had plans set out, a direction set? All of a sudden the plans change. The way you thought it was going to go, it's not going that way anymore. You can still see that maybe over this direction somewhere, but you can see that all of a sudden life is going a different direction. You can't answer why. You don't know how it happened necessarily, but something came along and shifted life into a different course. I know that's happened in our lives very much so. There were plans at first in high school for me to be an architect. I loved architecture. I loved drawing. I loved the structure of things. It was wonderful looking at how all the shapes could fit together in a house and how you can make a beautiful home for people to live in. I loved it. And then I looked at how long it took to actually accomplish what I wanted to do with that, and I said, nah, that's not that. And then I went to college. I was going to be in a master's school of business, get an MBA, follow along kind of in my grandfather's footsteps, and that didn't really pan out. And I got done with a degree, and I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Mom said, pick a direction, so I went to culinary school. Many of you have heard this story many, many times. But this obviously isn't the end route of culinary school. <laughs> so there was another change that came along. Plans change. And it's crazy to think on because we don't know what's coming up ahead of us necessarily, but God does. God knows what's around the corner. So we pray for his clarity. And so in our lives, as we walk along each day and we feel that separation from God, from our sin, and we feel that distance, and all of a sudden Satan takes our eyes and says, that's right, look at the distance. Look at the separation. Don't focus on the fact that he's actually present in his word where he said he was going to be. Don't focus on the fact that he's actually present amongst his people as he gathers them together. No, look, look to yourself and look at the separation. So Joseph, now feeling separated, standing, wondering what was going on with Mary, says, you know what? The best way I can see to love this young lady is to divorce her quietly and send her on her way. Send her on her way back to family where she'll be safe. Maybe back to Elizabeth and Zachariah's house. Maybe back to her parents' house under Eli's roof. Maybe somewhere else other than here in the midst of the city because it's not going to be a safe place for her. And so the best way that I can see to love her would be to separate from her. But that wasn't God's plan, was it? No. No. Mary knew what was going on. An angel had already come to her. She had heard the word of the Lord through Gabriel who said, you are going to bear the Son of God and name him Jesus. Fulfill the prophecies from Isaiah 750 years earlier to carry the Savior of the world, God with us, who will save his people from their sins. And she said, I don't understand it. 
but okay. She tried to explain it to Joseph, maybe. But, you know, did it really stick yet? So God speaks to Joseph directly through this same angel, through Gabriel, right? In a dream, in a vision, Gabriel comes and speaks to Joseph, and he says, hey, Mary's telling the truth. She's carrying the Son of God, and you're going to name him Jesus. He's going to save people from their sins, Joseph. I need you here, Joseph. This is the plan for you, Joseph, and that you're going to walk along and protect this young mom, and you're going to raise this young child as your own. People will call you his father, but you know who his father is. He's the son of God, the son of the heavenly father, the son of Yahweh. He's the one that has come to be the savior, the one who has come to be the Messiah. And you get to teach him how to walk, teach him how to talk. Raise him up and bring him to the synagogue. Bring him to the festivals and to Passover and lead him and show him what it means to be a man. Teach him your trade. Teach him your skill. Show him what a hard day's work looks like, what it means to take care of everybody. And he's going to take care of you in a way that doesn't make sense in words right now, but he's going to take care of you beyond being a king over all the nations, beyond being the one who will bring Israel and give them a name again, beyond all of that. He's going to save you from your sins, Joseph. And that's what he does. The word of God, wrapped in flesh, born in amongst his very own creation for you. So in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your plans that don't go right, in the midst of the ways in which you see things breaking apart and separated, Jesus walks and says, I am your Lord. I am your Savior. And you'll hear my word amongst the people, and you'll hear my word spoken over you in baptism. And you'll hear my word and love for you in communion. And you'll hear my forgiveness preached to you. And you will hear it on the lips of your brothers and sisters in Christ. So that you can hear it and not guess. So that you can be confident in it and not wonder about who you are. Loved and forgiven before God because of Jesus. Because of this little baby born like, just about born, like anybody else. (laughs) But born into the world, wrapped in flesh, very meager, humble place, gathered with family around, people praising, except I don't think there were probably cows and sheep where you were born. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But nonetheless, the very Son of God, the Word that was present at creation, born to cry a simple cry at birth, so that He could walk as you have walked, be tempted as you have been tempted, live as you have lived, cry as you have cried, die a death that would be a little different than yours, and then live so that he can give you life. Life as one in God's family. Life eternal with those who are claimed by God, who carry God's name. Forgiven 
now and in eternity. All because of the Son of God who came down to live as you and to die for you and to live again to give you life. In his name, amen. Do you please pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love and the forgiveness that you have given us in Christ. This night and tomorrow morning, we praise and thank you and pray that all of the things that are given would glorify you as we share love with one another, another simply because you have loved us first. A love that is beyond anything we can comprehend. A love that is very different sometimes than what we think it means to love. But we pray that you guard us, you keep us, and you hold on to us in that very love that you have for us in Christ to open our eyes to the world around who needs to know of that same love as we care for those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.